welcome to the Godsy Girl Podcast, inspiration and encouragement for all women inside and outside ministry. Hey, I was um, listening to a sermon that I really enjoyed by um, Miles Monroe, and it made me think, and it really made me think about a scripture that I've heard forever. And it's called, it's called, it's at <laughs> Proverbs 14, 1. And it's, you've heard it spouted, and usually in the negative. Um, a wise woman builds her house, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. And I thought about that, and I was like, wow, that really applies to um, us as pastor's wives, because it is so easy for us to become nagadocious, <laughs> start nagging him about what he's not doing, what he isn't doing, and tear down our own home with our own resources. Our hands are our own resources. It's our own body. And I thought, man, we can all do that. I'm guilty of it. And any wife that's honest is likely going to say she's either done it or is guilty of it currently. And I think the reason is because that we are in such a vulnerable position as pastor's wives, if you think about it. We're having to do something that's really kind of unnatural in a way. Um, we are sharing our hearts, our husband's hearts with other people. Every time he steps up into that pulpit, he's giving his heart. He's giving part of what's inside of his soul, his spirit. Um, it's coming out. It's just, he's, he's his most vulnerable. And as a result, um, he sometimes will come back empty to us. And if you think about during the week, all the, the secrets he hears, all the problems, you know, that are unloaded on him, he can't help but come back relatively empty when he comes home. He sometimes has very little left for the children, for the wife, um, in the way of his emotional resources. The home has to kind of be more of a a haven for him than it is than for him bringing the haven to us and I was thinking how fair or not fair it is like in the Godfather it is the life that we have chosen <laughs> and so it is what it is but it doesn't make it any easier for us to navigate does it it doesn't make it easier for us to um, really find our place in that sometimes right and so I think it's important you know, for us, and I always advocate for us to keep our connection strong with the Lord, to keep our mind and our eyes on the Lord, because whether your husband says it or not, um, he really relies on you and he needs you to be balanced and to be able to do what he is doing. He needs you. And I don't mean that he needs you necessarily right next to him on the stage. I think there's a trend now that a lot of pastors on television and even in face-to-face, -face, feel they have to bring their women alongside them, either to pastor or to be visible or what have you. And I don't, I think that if that's her call, you know, perfect. But if she has no desire to serve in that way, it's nothing more than a burden for her. Um, you can see the wives often. If you watch some shows, the, when they pull their wives up on the stage, the wives are looking around like, I wish I was anywhere else <laughs> but right here. Um, and you can see it in their eyes. And you can 
also see the ones who are like, hey, I'm, I'm going to own this baby. And then you can also discern, sometimes I can discern some of them that um, are saying I own it, but you can see in their eyes they are scared to pieces. They are nervous. They want to be happy. They want to be doing what they um, are doing because their husband wants them up on that stage. He wants them talking. But look, you know what? You can look at them and tell that's not where they're supposed to be. And so I think that... Um, the thing is, is to know where you're supposed to be, be close enough to God, where you are a haven for him, um, your husband, but not stepping outside your call and your purpose and what you want to do. And so me, I'm the type of person, I am so fine behind the scenes. I resonated early in the marriage that I am not in the need of a lot of attention. I have a lot to give, but I give it in my own way. And my own way is really in the context of relationships, women who've gotten to know me or who need help and get to know me. That's how I do it. I don't need no microphone to be heard. I mean, I feel like when I walk in that room and you do life with me, you hearing me speak loudly and clearly about who I am and who God is in my life. Um, so I don't need that attention stuff. Um, that That's something I totally reject for me. But... Um, I think that that's partly because of the confidence that God has given me in him and in knowing where my life is headed and where my life lies and where my strength lies and it and where my identity lies. And it doesn't lie with my husband and it doesn't lie in my husband. Sure, part of my identity is attached to him, but hey, you know, lift me out. I'm still going to be doing what I'm doing. I'm still who I am. I'm still going to dress the same way and do the same things. Um, lift me out of his life. I'm pretty sure he will too. Listen, you notice I said pretty sure. Oh, because he need me. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm being silly, but he does need me. And so I think that um, as wives, we have to be careful not to tear our own house down with our own hands because we want attention or because we want to be up beside him doing what he does. Um, that's We got to be careful. We got to build it up. And so another way that we tear our our lives, um, our houses down and our lives is with our mouths, the things that we say. And hey, I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to you. And so sometimes the words we say, we have to really pause and breathe and ask questions versus always trying to tell that joker what to do. Because very often our skill lies in our ability to discern. But we, so we see things, we know things, and we got to know just when to say the things. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes my husband will come home with a challenge, and I instantly know what's going on. And I'm like, I sense that this is what's going on, or I sense that that's what's going on. And I wait now. I'm trying to learn to teach myself to wait all the time before I start issuing out and divvying out advice. Because, man, their egos are so fragile that sometimes the advice that you divvy out it could be the actual solution. It could be the, the thing that he needed to hear. But if he wasn't ready to hear it yet, it can seem like you're nagging or it can seem like you're trying to tell him what to do. Or even some men and their egos, um, an ego, I'm not meaning in a, in a pejorative way, but some men with their egos will be jealous because you came up with it and they didn't. So you have to be wise and discerning as to when you tell him things. Make sure the Holy Spirit says, say this. Make sure you fill in your heart and your gut to say something say it not to say something or if you're not sure it's better to be quiet few people regret being quiet in life but a hundred thousand million regret talking and saying something prematurely 
And so I think it's important that we know that tearing our house down happens with a lot of ways. Us trying to compete with our husbands or us trying to get a lot of attention or also us trying to usurp his ability and authority to um, be him. And I think a lot of times husbands come home with this stuff because if they found that you they can trust you, you're going to hear it a whole lot. You're going to hear a whole lot of stuff. And the key is sometimes they want to just get it off of their heart. They just want to get it out so that they can feel better. Uh, there is my one of my favorite movies is The Father of the Bride with Spencer Tracy. And there's a scene where when his daughter is beginning to get married, that he is um, he and his wife are in bed. And it's back in the 50s, I think. So it's like separate beds. So it's kind of cute and funny. But they're in the bed. And he has all these apprehensions about this boy that his daughter is going to marry. And he's like, well, who is he? Where did he come from? Um, who are his parents? Does he have a job? Maybe he doesn't have a job. And all of these things, right? And his wife, at first, she starts to dismiss them. And she's like, oh, come on, Stanley. And um, he continues on until she starts getting the worried bug. And you can see this character. I think it's Jean Crane. I can't remember. Her eyes get like a huge and big as saucers. And she all of a sudden is like, oh, my God, maybe he's right. And then he's able to turn over and go to sleep. And there's a little monologue where he says, um, it's funny how much better you feel when someone else is worrying about what you're worrying about. So he goes to sleep and then the screen shows her where she's just looking up at the ceiling stressed out and nervous. And sometimes, honestly, that's what our husbands do to us. They... Um, you know, they they're hell have all this stuff on their heart. So they come home and they spill it and dump it. And all of a sudden we can fall into being worried if we're not careful. And so I say all this to say that more times than not, maybe our husbands just want to unload on us and not in a negative way. But just to be able to download some of the tension and pressure so that they don't explode right? You know how some, when a, a balloon gets too much air pressure, it pops. And maybe that is exactly what, um, what they're doing. And our job isn't always to fix it, have advice maybe, or have anything to say even. I'm learning that when my husband tells me stuff, and I'm not perfect, trust me, but I'm learning when he tells me stuff to just pause and see if it's something that he needs to get off of his heart. Or if it's something that he needs some feedback on. And I'm praying, you know, Lord, get, usually when he's talking, I'm praying, you know, God, show me what to do. Give me, let me know what I, should I say something? Should I not say something? Am I supposed to be honest? I'll open or am I supposed to just sit here? And I think that God gives us grace to receive things. We are, by spiritual component, we are receivers. We're receptors. And I think that that's not meaning that we're holders. Okay? It's like we receive the sperm, we make a baby. But we don't keep that baby forever. <laughs> and we don't carry it. you like, hallelujah, right? We don't carry that baby forever. So we have to know that we have, we're strong enough to carry. And we're strong enough to have um, or to receive. But that doesn't mean we need to carry that burden. So we have to cast that burden quickly, especially if you're married to a pastor. When he tells you things, cast the burden quickly. Let it go. You're not meant to carry it all the time and forever and for all eternity. So um, I think with really just building up our own houses, it's wisdom involved and it's discipline that's involved and that comes with time in my opinion I've been married several years now but when I was a first you know when I first got married 
and I married my husband he was a pastor and when I first got married I didn't know how to do anything and I didn't know how to manage any of this and I found myself tearing my house down with both hands and he was too don't get me wrong it took two we had some struggles in those beginning years and um, I found myself doing a lot of that and a lot of this comes over time the longer you're married the longer you're in ministry beside your husband a lot of this comes over time so be gentle with yourself and I think that the point of the podcast this episode is for you to be aware and to begin to start praying for God to guide you and to direct you so that when you are with your husband you'll know how to take your place beside him amen and I heard my husband say yesterday advising our son who's getting married he said that yeah you're partners but you're the senior partner and anyone who knows scripture knows that that's right um, there's a headship there is a head of the home there's a structure that God ordained okay first the husband then the wife you know came and he gave the authority to the husband that does not mean you've heard me say it that does not mean that our husbands are to mistreat us or to treat us badly that's not what that means doesn't mean that we're slaves to them it means that there's a structure there is a headship and I find it ironic that God put the one of the frailest people to lead that structure men are their egos are frail you can shut them down with a look if you're not careful and so God still put the husband in that place to manage that structure of marriage and with his vulnerability of ego we have to be so careful of what we say and how we handle them because they may be these big brawn you know fellas but they're pussycats inside they really are especially when it comes to us they are little softies and they may not admit it they may not show you and they may not reveal it but they are so we have to be so careful that we don't rip down our homes and tear down our homes with our opinions our nagging <laughs> our begging our pushing him to um, provide something for us that we don't need whether it's resources attention um, in the church or position in the church or what have you here's the thing being a pastor's wife does not entitle you to anything I'm gonna be honest everything is grace in my opinion I believe that my parking spot my seats my um, everything the fact that those people are kind to me and love me that's grace they don't owe me anything they don't owe him anything really but I'm talking about me and you now they don't owe us anything and if they start a women's group without you they don't owe you anything you have to be comfortable enough in the space that you stand in that you are not vulnerable to those kinds of things they're not attacks necessarily they're not what it is sometimes is that ministry is moving forward and the minute you understand that that church doesn't need you and that God doesn't need you in that way you can have peace and you don't feel like you have anything to prove by being in quote unquote the leader I feel like a leader is a leader whether they have a position or not so that means that if you are a pastor's wife and people are coming to you and seeking your counsel, uh, they're needing you, that's part of you because you're, you're a leader. It doesn't mean they don't do that just because you're a pastor's wife because there's a lot of churches that have pastor's wives and those people, women do not even talk to them. 
much less come to them for counsel, help, or suggestions. Okay? So it, it's if they're coming to you, that means you're owning your space properly. You're stepping into your own personal anointing. That means your life is exhibiting a sense of integrity that they want. Are you showing them something that they want? Are you showing them a confidence that they want? Are you showing them a Christian that they want to be? And, and I'm not, this has nothing to do with clothes. This has nothing to do with the limelight. This is just who you are. And I really believe that all the people that come to me with their problems and for prayer, if I wasn't married to my husband, they would come to me for the same advice and support. Let me tell you how I know. Before I married my husband, tons of people came to me for advice and prayer and support in my church. Young women were attracted to coming to me and asking me, what should I do? So, hey, I don't believe that position has anything to do with anything. I really don't. So, I want to encourage you. Don't tear your house down with your hands by needing a lot of attention on that limelight. Or that limelight. You know, in the movie Malcolm X, <laughs> um, that guy told the Malcolm X character, be careful of those cameras. Those cameras are dangerous. They're dangerous devils. Or something of the sort. And it's true, that attention is dangerous. You don't need it. Oh my gosh, Alicia Scholl, I think is her name, Dr. Alicia Scholl, wrote a book called Anonymous that I have yet to read, and she talks about the blessings of being anonymous, and I cannot wait to get that. I'm so, I had forgotten about it until I said that, about the cameras, um, but the point is, is we have to embrace the anonymous blessing, and, um, if, and if God has for you to be upfront, focused, light shining on you, you have to embrace that too. But my point is, is don't jockey push and tear down your house with both hands because you're wanting so much that won't satisfy you. Only God will satisfy you. And only walking in his purpose for your life is going to satisfy you. Amen. I pray that you're encouraged. Have a blessed day. And I wish you um, all the grace and all of the strength of the Holy Spirit to build your house up and not tear it down. Amen. I love you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to find me on YouTube at Godsy Girl Terry, as well as on Facebook at Godsy Girl Living Life His Way. And don't forget Instagram. There you can find me at Married to a Pastor Life. God bless you. Be sure to subscribe, hit the four stars below, and let me know how this is blessing you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.